Well, let's look at Colossians 1, verse 9. We were, we were in a series, and we have been in a series called Victory Over Darkness. And, of course, we had Christmas, and last year I had uh, something else to start off the new year on my heart, so we touched on some of those. And we're going to re-hook, you know, we're not quite done with this series, so we're going to hook up with where we were and continue on. If you, did, if you missed last week's message, we talked about truth. And if you missed Wednesday's message, we talked about being fearless just a great way to start off. I believe the Lord is ministering to us and, and helping us. And I just uh, I encourage you to go back, listen to them. They'll be a blessing to you. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. See, you know, we were just talking about it in the offering, which I know this isn't on the message. We were talking about 3 John 2 in the offering. Uh, you know, people on the recording didn't hear that when they, when they watch it. But you're talking about how God wants to prosper us in every area. Well, here it goes again. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being fruitful in every good work. That means you're doing well. It means you're coming up. That's God's will for us. Verse 11, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. See, we've been qualified to be partakers of His inheritance, of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Well, that's good. His inheritance isn't bad. God didn't leave you something that's junk. It's good. God wants good things for us. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, we're going to spend a little time just kind of reconnecting with this. It's been a little bit. You know, we went through Christmas, went through the New Year. And so just, you um, know, as we're coming back into this, we'll go over a few things to get, get us going again and hooked up. Verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So He's delivered us from something and brought us to something. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In the Young's literal translation, let's just read verse 13. It says, "...who did rescue us out of the authority of darkness." and did translate us into the reign of the Son of His love. He rescued us out of the authority of darkness, and He translated us into the reign of the Son of His love. In the Amplified Classic, it says, verse 12, "...giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people, in the light." The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. 
Notice verse 13 says, He has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. And He's transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And the CEV version, verse 12, says, I pray that you will be grateful to God for letting you have part in what He has promised His people in the, in the kingdom of light. Verse 13, God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. So this is saying that God, through Jesus, He's delivered us out of the power of darkness. It says, rescued us out of the authority of darkness. It says He's delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. He's rescued us from the dark power of Satan. So He's taken us out of the authority, the control, the dominion, the dark power of Satan, of darkness, and then He's translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we are not under the control of darkness, the control or the dominion or the authority of Satan now. We're not. Okay, now like we covered earlier, if you didn't hear these messages, I encourage you, go back and listen to them. If you have time or make time, Go back, because we're, we're building on where we've come from. Of course, you'll get a lot out of today. But we, we covered st certain parts in depth in this. And this is so important to know, especially in this day and age. We, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we are with darkness, but we're not under the control of darkness. That's very important to know. Because there's darkness around us. You bump up against darkness. And Satan will tell you it has power over you, and that's the lie. What you have to know is just because you see darkness, just because you come face to face with darkness, does not mean it has control over you. But Satan will try to intimidate you and say, you're, you're under my control. This will affect you. And that's what we have to push back on and resist and know the truth. Not just know, not just push back on in some religious, you know, well, I heard that somewhere and try something. No, we need to be convinced. We need to know the truth. Talked about last week, the Bible says uh, the truth, you will know the truth. The truth will make you free. The more truth you know, it will automatically displace any lie and any uh, so much of the attack of the enemy is based on lies. And when you uncover the lies and know the truth, there's just not even temptation anymore. You know, I know the truth. And you're lying. And he'll go, oh, I'm not lying. No, you are lying. Doesn't matter how loud he says it. No, this is going to happen. Now, we were talking about, on, I encourage you to go back and listen to the two messages. Not because I spoke them. God was helping us. We were talking about fear on Wednesday and being fearless. And an antonym of fear is unconcerned. If you are unconcerned about something, you are not afraid of it. Now, we're not talking about just being irresponsible. You can be responsible with any number of things, your job, finances, but not, we're talking about you're not overly concerned. In other words, you're not worried. All these things are fear. If you are unconcerned about something, you are not running away in terror. You are not scared. You know, 
you, you are unconcerned. You can walk through certain constituations and what, what may look like it, it should bring fear to you or maybe brought fear in the past, you're calm. You look at it in the eye and be like, okay. Why would that happen? Because you know some truth. You know a truth. That causes you to be unconcerned. I'm not talking about being irrational. It may be. You know, fear is not rational. We, we, the more truth we know, though, of God's Word, it's going to displace and uncover lies that Satan tries to use on you. But as long as he can run those plays on you, he will. <laughs> if he, he knows the truth. He knows you don't know, if you don't know. And he'll just keep running the same thing. Until you call his bluff and push back with the truth, he will keep doing the same thing. Do not think Satan will just go away and leave you alone that you've had enough. That won't happen. He will try to drive you into the ground. That's what he does. He's unmerciful, completely. There is no mercy in him. There is no light in him. There is no kindness in him. Anything you see evil on the earth, Satan is all that and more. Now, he's not anybody to be afraid of. That's what we're talking about. He's evil, but he's defeated. You can be evil on your own time, whatever, but you're defeated. And I'm not concerned about you. How would you not be concerned? Because you know he's defeated. He does not want you to know this. And he will fight you on this. And he will try to get you to back down from the truth. You stand up and say, I have authority over, you got to go. He'll say, no, I don't. Well, no, I thought you did. If you don't know, he'll push back. Just, just be ready. That's, that's going to happen. He will try to push back because he's not, he's not going to back off without a fight. If he has taken ground, he's not going to go, oh, you want me to go? Okay, well, never mind. It's not going to happen. He's got to go, but you know what? He, he has to go. But he tries to make you believe he doesn't have to go. We talked about this with bears repeating. You know, if you have authority in a certain area, it, let's say, you know, we use parenting for an example. If you tell your child no, and they say, no, I'm going to do it anyway, yes, well, now there's a challenge. If you go, well, I guess they just won't do it. Well, you just backed off. They won. But if you go, no, I said, no. I was just at a, a store the other day, and there was, the took a picture of it. There was, you know, they have, um, it was a coffee mug. Or no, I think it was just a water container. And so they had all these funny sayings on these water. You know, I, li I like walking through the stores that have, like, the signs and the, you know, container, things that are funny sayings and just look at them. You know, some people have signs they put on their desk or they're like bumper stickers and things. But anyway, this one said, number one, or it said, first of all, no, in capital letters. And then it said, second of all, no. <laughs> it just struck me. That's the way you have to be. Um, first reason is, no. Second thing, no. And third, no. Not going to change. See, if you back off, well, you know, that means you don't really believe you have authority. That means you don't really, you're not the one that's actually in control. You talk about rebellion, Satan is the author of rebellion. 
you know, you talk about kids. Uh, if they can convince you they're in control, they will. <laughs> they push until you're like, I just can't do anything. People go, I just can't do anything. That's not true. Well, Satan rebelled against God, which is not smart. But he rebels. And if you think that just because you heard a scripture and you're going to try it, and we'll just see if this works, he's going to go, no. He's going to try to push back or say something that makes you think it doesn't work because he's a con. He's lying to you. What he's trying to see is if you believe it. <laughs> he knows he has to go, but he's not going to just, oh, you said it, okay. <laughs> he's the devil. <laughs> he... he he is evil. He's deception. He can stand completely in your face, bold-faced lie. He's the father of lies. Don't ever expect the truth. I don't have to go. No, he'll say, what? You tried it, but this is happening. He's lying. Anytime his mouth is moving, he's lying. If you hear thoughts that are defeat, that are discouragement, that are down, they're the devil. God doesn't speak that way. And you say, you're not going to make it. This isn't going to happen. Your kid's going to turn out this way, whatever. You know, he's lying to you. He's trying to get you on his side to agree that he's right. Even though he's defeated. Do you realize that Satan, who is defeated, is walking around controlling a lot of the world, even though he's already been whipped? Do you know why? It's because people listen to him. Do you realize if everybody just stood up and believed on the Lord Jesus, quit believing the lies that Jesus isn't Lord, that other stuff is true, and just believed God, number one, we'd be out of here. We'd be done with this. We'd be in heaven. How many of you think that sounds good? Just to be in heaven this afternoon. I'm not saying we're going this afternoon. Don't believe that's true. In fact, I can, um, I can assuredly say I, it's not going to happen. <laughs> we're not going to go today. I don't have anything on the inside. I don't think you do either. But, I, you know, God, is, we're not going today, but uh, if everybody would just believe God and quit listening to the devil, he'd be done. But, you know, people listen to him. <laughs> so he has power. He doesn't have any power in and of himself. He has power because people give him power. They listen to him. You can readily see that. People say, why is, you know, what are the problems in the world? Because people listen to the devil. There is a devil and people listen to him. And so, you got all the destruction and hurt in the world. But Satan is defeated. He's defeated. Let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 15. I just want to read this, and we're going to get into what I... the focus we really have this morning. Ephesians 1, verse 15 says, Therefore I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is what we're talking about, that you would see. See, this says, this is a prayer that you can pray for yourself, that you can pray for others, you can pray for your family, you can pray for people to know and see the truth. It says, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is so that you would see clearly the truth. 
Because there's a fog in the earth. We spent some time on this. There is an enemy, and he is the, the little G, God of this world. In other words, he's not the Almighty, but it says the whole world, excuse me, lies under the sway of the wicked one. The Bible calls him the God of this age. The Bible says that, God, that Satan has blinded people's hearts. Well, so there's a fog. People don't see clearly. Why do people believe that? Because they can't see clearly. Why are people doing stuff they do? Because they they, they be, they're believing a lie they can't see. They're in a stupor. You know, like one person said, a, a, a sober person, completely in their right mind, wouldn't speed on a highway toward a, a cavern while there are signs that say road out, bridge out, flashing lights, a person in the right mind wouldn't speed through, break all through everything and go into the cavern, but somebody that was drunk or on dope would. They're going, and they, they shouldn't be driving, but they're driving. They don't see, they're just like, and then just go right off into the, the chasm. Well, somebody that sees clearly won't, but somebody that, that is uh, inhibited and under influence would. Well, that's Satan has an influence in the world. So when, as we have the truth of God's word, it will cut through that fog. And now you can see. You know, I'm sure you've had experience where all of a sudden you see something. You may have heard a scripture, heard a scripture, heard, and all of a sudden you see it. And you're like, wow, okay, now that's what that means. And you know, this, you haven't exhausted it, but you've come up to a new level. You see something you didn't see. Anybody else had that experience before? And you see clearly what well, you, you didn't see earlier. Well, this is what this is talking about, that we would see the truth. When you know what the truth is and what God, what's truly there, now you can act on it. You've got to choose to act on it. But knowing the truth is so much of the battle because now you know what God has said. Now you have to act on that. It's not enough to know that Satan's defeated. You have to act on it now. So you could, in other words, you could see the truth. You could understand the truth. But then you see something else that tries to convince you the truth you know is not true. It's not fully true. And a lot of times it will say, in your situation. Or this time. Now you know the truth, but you have something contradicting the truth. It's what you see, it's what you feel, it, it's what your emotions are telling you, and you have to choose to act on the truth, otherwise you're going to be defeated. Even though you have authority. Because you're looking at something that's a lie and letting it convince you that the truth is not the truth. And Satan, he's, he, anything that's not completely true is a lie, and he uh, can use half-truths all the time. In fact, that's what he specializes in, all kinds of lies. There's not a whole lot of people that are just going to go be flat-out Satan worshipers on earth. There are some. Not a whole lot. A whole lot of people that believe lies about God. You know, they're Christian, they believe God, but they believe all kinds of lies, and so that binds people. So one of the things he'll tell you is, oh yeah, I mean, God can save, God can heal, God can provide needs. 
but this is not going to happen for you now. If it's not going to happen for me now, it's as if it doesn't apply to me, right? If, I can't, if it doesn't work in my situation now, what good is it? At this point, I don't need it in the future. I will need it in the future, but not right now, because I'm not in the future. And he may have helped me in the past, but Satan will tell you, but it's not going to work now. Well, that's a lie. You know, you can have walked in the truth and then not walk in the truth. You can have walked in the truth and seen, son, seen God come through for you and believe God, but Satan, he, he's not going to go away and just be like, oh, well, I guess, I guess I'm whipped. Forget it. Now, he's going to come back. That's just, he's going to be persistent. He'll come back. He's defeated, but he'll come back a different day trying to convince you now God's word's not true. And so we have to look to the truth, look to God's word, and we have to exercise our authority over the devil, over darkness, continually. You don't have time to take a break, and we have to remember that even though something may be pushing on us, that it may be present in, in darkness, it does not have authority. Let's look at Psalm 23, verse 1. We're actually going to get focus on some latter verses, but it's such a short psalm and it's such a good one, we'll just read it. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We, you know, we're not going to break down Psalm 23 today. We're just going to be focusing on some of it. But you could spend so much time here. Just look at the first verse. If you just had this truth ground into you, well, that would cover a lot. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall, other, other translations bring out, I shall not want for any good thing. That means you, there's nothing that you need that you don't have. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Let's look at verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now look at that part. Even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, are you going to see things that push on you? Could you hear some stuff that try to cause fear, that try to convince you God's not there? Yes. But it said, even though I do that, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Do you see how that truth right there, why, do, why does the psalmist say, why does David say, I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He said, why does he say, I will fear no evil, even though I'm walking through stuff that's heavy? It's because you're with me. See, you got to know something. See, he's with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But notice he's in the middle of stuff that doesn't look good. He's in the 
valley of the shadow of death. Some people say, well, why don't I just, I don't want to go there. Well, he's walking through it. Then say he's jumping for joy because he's through it, but he's, he's in the middle of it and he says, I will fear no evil because you're with me and you're comforting me. Now let's go to verse 5. You prepare a table. I'm going to read 5 and 6 and we'll come back. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. But look at the first part. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We live in a fallen world. We as Christians, we're in this world, but we're not of it. But you are going to bump up against evil. If you want the evil to go away, it's not going to happen until you're out of the earth. Because there is no evil in heaven. As long as you, you're here, the devil's here. The devil exercises authority over those who aren't saved. See, when we say we have authority over darkness, you're talking about the Christian. We talked about that. We, we spent time in depth. Not talking about somebody that's not in Christ. Satan does have authority over them. He is their master. And there's a, there's a lot of people in the world that don't believe on Jesus. So you have evil and darkness in the world. You have evil and darkness around us. And somebody can say, I, I don't want to be around it. And some people will move. Trying to get away from it. You're not going to move anywhere on the earth where you're going to get away from it. If you're going to do the work of God, you're not going to get away from it. Because God didn't call us to just be somewhere by ourselves and not influence the world. That's not His work. Well, I don't like to be around and, you know, anybody. Well, that's the whole reason we're on the earth. Because there's a job to do. You're not going to, the most important thing is you need to be where God called you to be. Don't try to get away from something. Go to where God told you to be. That's the safest place in the world is right in the middle of God's will. It has nothing to do with the surrounding what's going on. You know, we know missionaries that are over in parts of the world that are considered very dangerous, but they're called there. I'm not called there and I'm thankful I'm not called there. But they're there. And there's protection there. In other words, it would be more dangerous for them to be somewhere else if that's where God called them to be. Even though people say, well, that's dangerous. No, the most dangerous place for the Christian is out of the will of God. That's, it doesn't, you see, people are thinking naturally. You'd be right in the middle of what somebody would consider very dangerous. If God's called you there, the protection is there. That's where we want to be. But notice this says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
That means they're still there. The devil will still try to exert authority in your life. He's not going to go away. He's going to be there. He's going to push. And somebody will say, I, 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 I can't live. There's this thing's there. It says it's going to be there. The Bible says it's, yeah, the enemy's there. But God said, I prepare a table. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So you're in the presence of your enemy, and God knows that. Because he prepared a table anyway. You know, most people are saying, well, when we got to get rid of this, then we'll set the table. No, we got we to clean this up, and then we'll set the table. The Bible says here, you prepare a table before me in the middle of my enemies being there. Anyway. If we can't, if we're in the middle of the world, as Christians, if we're going to wait till we don't have contact with anything before we prepare the table, we're never going to have the table prepared. What does the table represent? Everything good that God has already provided in Jesus, God has made it available now, even though Satan's trying to say, it's not for you, and he's standing right there, and you say, I'm eating anyway. We're talking about authority. He'll try to convince you, oh no, there's a problem. Oh no, you can't do it now. He'll try to, as long as he can get you to put it out in the future, he's good with that because he'll just keep getting kicked down the road. Well, you can't experience God's blessings now. You're not there yet. Wait a year or two, then maybe. You know what he's going to tell you in a year or two? Well, you're not there yet. It's not, it's not quite time. He'll do that till you die. So you're, you're, you've lived out your days, and the whole time, he's lying, 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 lying. How does he exert authority? By deception. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a time and a place for God's plan. Not saying that. What we're talking about is the blessings of God to be in our lives is now, always now. And we have to do something in order for that to be true. If your enemy is there, and God has prepared the table for you, we're going to have to do something in order to partake of the table. We're going to need to look at the table and ignore the enemy. It's what we look at. You don't look at the enemy. Somebody goes, well, he's there. This is there. This, yeah, you're magnifying the enemy. Don't look at him and look at what God has provided and go forth. And say, I'm going to partake of what God has for me now. That's exercising authority. You're saying, I'm unconcerned with you, enemy. There's no fear. You're going to sit down and have a meal, and he's, going, he's over there going, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, I'm enjoying this steak, thank you. Shut up. I am unconcerned. I'm going to, I'm going to partake. Now, it's what we look at. This, the devil is there. Evil is there. But if we look at the enemy, we will be defeated. 
If we look at what Satan, the lies he tells you, you will be defeated. Because the lies are meant to deceive you. The lies are meant to get you to fear. When you start fearing, you're going in the wrong direction. When you start fearing, you're listening to the enemy, you start backing away and you're backing into a trap because Satan would try to lead you by fear. He'll try to push you by fear. How are we going to walk in the authority that God has given to us? It's going to be to exercise that authority. And that will always come in the middle of a challenge. You don't have to exercise your authority when nothing's going on. When you exercise your authority, there's already going to be something happening. Or you're doing it for the future. You already are saying, this is happening, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm claiming this for the future. But there's a challenge. You wouldn't just be doing that. You know what we so often think? Like, let's, let's use this for an example. Symptoms come on you of something, you know, and, you know, sickness, you don't feel good. See, it's when symptoms push on you, you don't feel like resisting it. You know when the best time to resist it is? Right up front. Immediately. If something comes and tries to push on you, you know, don't get into this where you think, Good night. You know, if you cough for any reason, you don't, you got, your, your body has a mechanism where if there's something gets in your throat, you're going to cough. But in this day and age, or sneeze. You're going to sneeze because something goes up your nose or you're in dust or something. Or same thing with coughing. You go someplace and people are like, oh no, I, I got something. It's not true. So you don't get to the place where every time, you know, (laughs) you can work out real hard when you haven't worked out for a while, and I guarantee you, your body is going to feel achy. And it is not COVID. (laughs) It's not the flu. (laughs) It's called lactic acid. (laughs) Learned that from my high school. Uh, The football coach, I did not play football, but the football coach um, taught the weightlifting class at our high school, and I, even though I played soccer, I signed up for it. Me and my buddy, and we got into that with a bunch of football players, and I was playing soccer, and I took one of the slots to do that, and it was good. I learned a lot about weightlifting, but he told us like right away. He's funny. He just didn't take any nonsense from anybody. Old school. He's like, all right, you guys are going to start working out, and you're going to hurt. Don't have your mommy call me and tell me you hurt yourself somehow. He said, it's called lactic acid. You know the best way to get rid of it is to work out more. It's just in your muscles. You got to get, you have to get rid of that lactic acid for it to stop being sore. You're not hurt. (laughs) He was just saying it. It's the football coach. He's like, you're not hurt. You just need to work out more. It's okay. Well, so you have aches and pains. Oh, no, that's on the symptom list. 
So what I, don't, don't go to the opposite extreme and every time you have something, an ache or a pain or you sneeze or you call, oh my gosh, I have to resist. Here's the thing, if you're resisting all the time for stuff that isn't there, it's going to water down when you actually do need to resist something. Be, be, somebody said like this, be more selective and you will be more effective. Don't just throw your prayers out like this and resist every little thing. It starts being like, uh, it becomes muddy. If you're going to believe God, know you're, something is actually pushing on you. Gets to the point where, nah, there's something de- I'm dealing with. Now you come against it, you resist it, and you tell it to go. Well, at that point, do it up front. But at that point, if you let it go and, and, and you start getting symptoms and everything, you, don't, you want to just go to sleep. You, you don't feel like resisting. And, but Satan will always tell you, well, now it's too late. You have it. No matter what the area, he's going to tell you, it, it doesn't matter what the symptom is, whether it's a symptom of financial lack, whether it's a symptom of a relationship issue, whether it's a symptom of sickness, he's going to tell you, you already have it. It's too late. Well, that's called a challenge. That's the lie. That's the... See, God has set the table of healing in your presence, in the presence of symptoms that say you're sick. What do you have to do? You've got to look away from the symptoms and look to the table and say, God, I believe you. And what, what I try to tell you is, well, you got to get rid of the symptoms before you believe God. That, that's the definition. You have to believe God when there's a challenge. That's when you have to exercise your authority. You know what Satan's going to tell you? He sa- he'll tell you, you've already lost. It's not going to work. That's exactly when you have to stand up and be bold and don't move. This is a critical point. This is the crux. Because you know what he'll tell you? You, you've been believing God, you've been building up your faith, and then something will come against you, and they'll say, oh, I guess you didn't do it enough. You know, better luck next time. Do you know what you're supposed to do at that point? What we got to do is stand up and go, oh, it works now, and push back. And he'll say, it didn't go. It didn't change. This is exactly what we're talking about. At that point, he's saying... I don't have to go. You can't tell me to go. It doesn't work. What's he trying to do? Get you to look at the wrong thing. Get you to buy the lie if you say, oh, I guess not. I guess I'll get in the Word next time, and next time I'll be ready. You just gave him victory. That's exactly what he wanted. Oh, you think you know the Word, and something comes, and he starts putting pressure on you. And, it say, and what's he's trying to get you to do? Say it doesn't work. Say it doesn't work. Say it, you tell it to go, and he'll say, it, it didn't go, did it? It didn't go, it doesn't work, and he's pushing on you. And what's he trying to get you to say? Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess I'll have to do it next time. And he's like, victory, easy. So just say, yep, sucker, go on to the next one. He's a liar. If you think you're going to be devoid of any problems before you can partake, you're kidding yourself. That's not where we live. In the midst of the pressure, in the midst of the problem, is when we say, God's here anyway. He knew you'd be here. 
sorry you're here, but you're here and the table's here. I believe I'll ignore you and I'm going to go on anyway. Well, it doesn't shut up. We're going on anyway. Yeah, but the symptom, I don't care. God said, and you just keep your eyes fixed on the table and you keep your eyes fixed on God's word and you say what God said anyway. That's exercising authority. That's what it looks like. It's not this sunny day situation when nothing happens and a suit and something raises the head, you go, go, and it just goes, and oh, yes, it could go right away. But the test is when something looks like it's not going, you just stand anyway, it's got to go. Got to change. God's faithful. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, we read this a different time, but let's look at it. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Several things here. Look at verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. That means be on guard. Just know. You don't have to be scared of the devil. But just know. We have the Bible to tell us the truth about how he operates. So you have to be vigilant. Be sober. That means clear-minded. Know we have an enemy. Know he operates in the, the world. Don't be surprised at it. But know God's truth, and so you go into your, your day, your week, your month. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Didn't say he is one. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he may roar. He may try to intimidate you. In fact, he will. He's trying to get you to back down. He's trying to get you to take your eyes off God's provision and His truth and look to the problem and exalt the problem so that He can devour you. And if He can get you to back off, then He will just keep running the same thing. He'll push your buttons. You know, you get the word, believe, okay, I got it. Now you got to exercise it. It's not enough to have the exercise program. You have to do it. That's the tough part. Anybody can print out an exercise program. <laughs> you can have a bunch of different apps, too. That will show you what you're supposed to do. And go, yep, that looks like a good thing. And, you, and the next day, that one looks good too. And you just go buy it. it, it that's not the easy thing. I mean, that's not, the, that's not the, the, the challenge. It's actually doing it, right? Well, see, when we see the Word, and we get the truth, and God can make it clear, and you can know, you can hear the truth, you know the truth. It's in you. You hear it and you're like, man, I see it. Next, it's not going to happen again, ever. I got it. And then when something pushes on you, at that point, that's the time, put her into the gear. Now we're going to start exercising. It's like, next time. 
that, you know, it's like you woke up and you looked at that, you're all ready to go, and you look at the exercise, and you go, tomorrow. <laughs> and that's what Satan wants you to do. It's not going to work for you now. It's not going to work for you in this situation. You might as well punt. Try again next time. Well, if he can do that to you over and over, there's no challenge. He'll keep you where, where you are. That's what he does. Get, it's, it's so much the thought realm trying to get you to listen to his deception and lies. That's why we need to understand the truth that he is defeated that, and that we have got to exercise our authority in the midst of a trial, in the midst of of a challenge, in the midst of a problem. That's where you're going to have to believe God. When it doesn't look like your body's well, that's when you have to believe you're healed. You're not believing, if you believe you're healed, when you're healed, you're not believing anything, it is. You're not believing, you just say, well, my body's fine. But when you believe my, your body's fine, when it hurts, that's faith. And you start declaring what God said, that is having the table set right when the enemy's right there. When you believe God that the money's going to come in or the opportunities are going to come in or the clients are going to come in, when it doesn't look like it, that's the challenge and that's the crux right there that you have to exercise authority. You don't say, well, I'll, I'll praise God once they come in. That's never going to be the case. You have to do it when it looks like it's not happening. If we back off at that point, then we, we are defeated. And it's never comfortable is the thing. See, it never feels like it does right now when you're hearing the word and we say, yes, that's what I will do. When you have to do it, there's going to be, by definition, discomfort because you're in a challenge. You're looking at something that isn't now. The Bible says to call those things that are not to be not as though they were, that means right now it doesn't look like it, but I'm believing something that's different than what this looks like. It has to change. That's the exercise part. That's the putting into action part. Verse 9 says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. That means you know, you've got to be convinced. But let me tell you something. Satan will run this play telling you the reason you don't see it is because you're not convinced enough. Now, the, it, it, there's a truth that, God's, that, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But you will not see the results unless you act on the Word. And what he will tell so many people is when you experience discomfort, when you experience thoughts, when you experience fears, when you experience symptoms, he'll tell you you don't have enough faith when actually what you need to do is exercise the faith that you have, then you'll see the breakthrough. You actually have enough faith, but you need to act on it. I've seen that a number of times What he's pushing, trying to say, yeah, 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 no, you're going down, this is going to happen. And it's when you feel like it's going to happen, your emotions will tell you it's going to happen, when the circumstance will tell you it's going to happen, when you push back anyway and say, no, you're not. No, you're not going to do that. No, the word's true. See, you're steadfast. You're not moving. You're resisting. He's trying to push you off. 
He's trying to get you wobbly and say, oh, you don't have it. Well, I better go get in the Word more. I'm not saying you shouldn't get in the Word. But he's trying to say, you don't have what you need right now to overcome. He's trying to get you to punt. At that point, if we'll bear up and say, no, God's Word's true. See, now we're resisting Him. It says, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. He tells you, Oh, nobody's seen this. Nobody is going through what you're going through. That's a lie, too. There's eight and a half billion people in the world, and there's a lot that have already gone on. There's, there's so many things that we experience that other people have experienced. In fact, everything that we experience, other people have experienced. But it tell you, nobody's, nobody's had that. So what is he trying to insinuate? We don't have the answer for your problem. We don't have the answer this time. Maybe he's done it in the past, maybe sometime future, but this one, sorry. What's he trying to get you to do? Yield. Look, he's trying to get you to look at the enemy instead of at the table. God is faithful to perform his word every time. You have a, an enemy that's trying to get you to yield to Him every time. So we need to know the truth and then exercise the truth in the face of circumstances and then Satan has to yield to God's Word every time. And he'll tell you, oh, but it doesn't look like it. Lie. Yeah, but it's not happening. Yeah, that's great, but... Lie. Yeah, but the money, lie. Yeah, but my body, lie. What do we need to look at? The Word. Just say what the Word. No, nope, the Word says this. God cannot fail. The Word says it. Word says it. He'll try to get you. Oh, but look. No, see, he's standing there. He'll say, oh, but it's there. Honey, it's there. You're being stupid. Oh, yeah, you can deny the circumstances. I'm not denying the circumstances. I know it's there. The enemy's there, but God is here, and his Word is true, and I'm focusing on that. And he tries to pull you out. No, I'm focusing on that. It works. In the middle of the presence of my enemies, he sets a table. Now, this time, it will work. It works. God's word's true, and I will overcome. Amen. Amen. 